for Jesus. We are here because of him. Lord, this, this whole deal is about him. Jesus, we love you because you first loved us. And as Dave mentioned this morning, we want to stop for a moment to give thanks for this house. Can, we, can somebody do that right now? Can we, can we give thanks to God for this house, for your home? Now that's not a clap, that's like a... I don't know what that is. Now, you, you, do you know what? You, I don't think you got it. I said, give thanks for this home. This is your home. Thank you, Lord Jesus, we give you praise. You see, you see, you know, when I come back every now and again, uh, I walk in this place and uh, we really have to give thanks to God on a regular basis for our home. This is your home. This is where you receive the word of God. This is where you receive correction. This is where you get to sit with people you don't like and you have to love them. This is the place where you come on a Sunday morning after having a fight with your wife on the way to church in the car and you've got to turn up and smile and say hallelujah and you're dying on the inside. But you know what? That's what church is, folks. There is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Some of you have just been upset because the dog is on a carpet this morning and you, you're just in a bad mood. You want to throw the dog out. You want to throw the wife out, the kids out, the fridge out, everything out. But you are here praising the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody, just give Jesus some praise. No, come on, man. Somebody shout. You're too pretty to be a guitarist, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> My God, you should form a band, mate. You know, hip and hell, you know. Look at all the, look at, I want to come up. Do you know what? I feel like having a hugging service. I don't know if that's in the Bible. You know, where everybody lines up and I just give them a hug, you know. But we haven't got time, so. Let's have one back then. Come on, let's have one back. That's a new thing. I'm going to start a new thing. <laughs> well, look, if you're not talking to your, your friends, start talking to them. You know, if you're not... Anyway, sit down for a minute. I, I'm... I'm, I'm a, anyway, let's get into the word before we get all mushy. Nessa, you were awesome. Yeah. Nessa, I'm telling you what. I'm telling you what, man. Newport Night of Honor, I sat in the house watching it on DVD and I was a blubbering mess from beginning to end thinking of how the Lord Jesus has raised up you lot. You lot, look at you. Uneducated, carnal. <laughs> oh God, I had to deal with this for 26 years, Dave. I had to put up with them. But you know what? You know I'm only joking. I love you. And uh, I, it, I, I was a mess. I was a mess. And to think that God used Nessa to preach the gospel. Come on, man. We, we got we to... Gotta, 
Uh, yeah, come on, man. I, I tell you, I, I'll share a bit more of it later. But let's give our praise and worship team a massive clap. And they're awesome. Well, I've been all over the place. If you, uh, if you follow me on Instagram and Twitter, uh, I'm not on Facebook. I, don't, I can't deal with Facebook. I was on it for a while and someone started poking me. <laughs> I said to Lila, what's this poking? You know, you, the poke, there's a little thing that pokes you. I don't like it. And the person that was poking me, I didn't like this person. <laughs> and apparently when you poke someone, it's like, hello, I'm here. Is that it on Facebook? Someone ought to delete that. Someone ought to ring up the manufacturers of Facebook and say, get the poking off. Because it put me off. So I came off Facebook. Anyway, I just, that's just by the way. Right, are you ready for the word of God this morning, everybody? Um, the title of my message this morning is Saints Behaving Badly. Um, now, it doesn't refer to anybody here. I'm talking about other churches. Because... Because our church, there is nobody in this house that is sinning as a Christian. There's nobody here that has failed. There's nobody here that's, you know, you're all perfect, right? Can I hear an amen here? Yeah. So this doesn't, what I'm about to say this morning, doesn't refer to you, just for somebody else. The one, you know, the ones you tell, you should have been there this morning. That weren't for you. You know the one, we always do it, don't we? So it's one of them. So saints behaving badly. And, uh, but we can learn some stuff. I, I, when I was preparing for this morning, uh, um, uh, God really spoke to me, and, and I hope this will help you. For those of you that really find it very hard to live uh, without a spirit of condemnation in your life. For those of you that struggle with stuff as a Christian, and you try and you fail and you try and you fail and all that stuff. I just pray that this message will really, really help you. Um, Revelation chapter 3. We're going to read this uh, very well-known portion of scripture. Uh, but I, I saw some things that really did help me. Revelation chapter 3 verse 14. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write. Uh, I, I am a good time to spend here, but uh, that wasn't a supernatural being. The word angel is angelos in the Greek. It simply means uh, messenger. So Jesus was speaking to the pastor of the churches. Uh, and I preached a whole series of messages on this. Um, uh, and for me, um, it, just, it just shows you the government that Jesus endorses. He didn't say, speak to the eldership. He didn't say, speak to the creative team. He didn't say, speak to the congregation. He said, speak to the person I've set to lead the house. And that's Dave Edwards right there. And for 26 years, I was the angel of this house. And so before... Uh, before we come to you to sh prepare food, uh, there are seasons when Jesus will actually turn up to individual pastors of individual churches. If you read the seven churches, the letters to the seven churches, they were all different. Each church had, had its own set of problems. Each church ha had 
a different set of issues that Jesus, who is the Lord of the church, wanted the pastor to adjust. So, you know, when Dave gets up here and sometimes has to correct or exhort in the love of God, don't get on his case because Jesus just got on his case before he got on your case. Can I hear an amen here? So for 26 years, I was the angel of this house and there were seasons when Jesus came with a specific letter. One such letter, if you were here when we transitioned the church last year, I was in America and Jesus spoke to me very clearly. And uh, if, if you listen to that podcast from last September, um, it's, in, it's entitled uh, A Letter to the Church. It was a letter, a personal letter given to me for this house. And from time to time, Jesus does that. Because we are not part of some organization. We are not part of some, you know what I'm saying? We are part of the church of the living God. How many of you know Jesus is alive, folks? And he speaks, he speaks to his church. And so, and so you know, I haven't got time to go into that, but, but, uh, but he carries on. Uh, these things, says the amen, are the faithful and true witness. The beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, <laughs> that you are neither hot, cold, or hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. This is Jesus speaking. Because, why is that? Here's the reason. Because you say I'm rich and I become wealthy. Here's the deal. This is what the church was saying. We don't really need you. That, that is nauseous to Jesus. We don't, we, we don't need nothing. Watch this. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, because you say, I'm rich, you become wealthy, I have need of nothing. But you don't know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Now I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. That's part of the grace message too. Thank God when he, when he chastens us and rebukes us, it's always with grace and not judgment. Come on, somebody say amen here. And so, and here we go. Here's the verse that we all quote, and we preach evangelistically, which is fine. But these words were spoken to a church behaving badly. Watch. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Jesus said these words to a church who had forgotten how much they need him. We should never, ever forget how much we need him. He is the executor of this house, and we, and we need him. And so Jesus came, and it's very interesting. He says, I stand at the door and knock. Many people think Jesus is knocking, but he was also speaking. He says, he was, hello, hey, hey, guys, 
I want to come in. There's some stuff that's going wrong. There's some stuff you need to know. So Jesus was not just knocking. He was speaking. I, I, I never, you know, I, I, some of you may have seen that before, but I, I just recently saw that. He wasn't just knocking, but he was speaking. You're doing it all wrong. And if you want my, if you want my blessing, and if, and if you want to see the church uh, be what it should be and what I designed to be, he says, you, you, you've got to listen to my voice. You've got to let me in. You've got, me, you've got to let me be involved in everything that you are doing. Jesus basically was saying, hey, listen, guys, you've magnified your st- yourself instead of my finished work. Let me in. On October 31st, 1517, through a little known priest called Martin Luther, Jesus came knocking literally on the door of the church. The Roman Catholic Church was riddled with unrestrained power, riddled with nausea selfishness. The church then was riddled with cancerous doctrine. And that cancer was actually killing the church. And in the same way as Jesus came and knocked at the Laodicean church, uh, she too had become prosperous but did not realize how wretched pitiful and blind she had become. You see, Jesus knocked at that door literally when this little-known priest, Martin Luther, uh, nailed to the door a thesis or a piece of paper stating everything that needed to be adjusted in that church. God gave him a revelation. Um, It was was amazing. I mean, basically, Jesus was shouting at the church, "You, you need the robe of Christ's righteousness, not your own. She needed the salve of revelation, not the glasses, watch this, of selfie-based religion. She needed the refining of motive through the purifying of character that can only come with the truth of God's chastening grace. Are you still with me this morning here? As Martin Luther nailed his grace-based rebuke on the door of the Catholic Church, he set off a chain reaction that became the Protestant Reformation and is still shaking the world 500 years later. As a result, millions of believers all over the planet still 500 years later, are submitting to what uh, Martin Luther uh, declared in Latin as sola scripture. God's word is the highest authority in our lives. We are submitting to sola gratia. Salvation is by grace alone. We are submitting to sola fide. The instrument to release that grace is faith alone. We are submitting to sola Christus, the finished work of Christ alone. We are submitting to sola Dio Gloria because the whole deal, the whole glory goes to God alone. Come on. Am I speaking to some people in this house? We're in, we're in, a, wave. <clears throat> we're in a wave of a second reformation. 
And these truths are coming back to the church. Jesus is standing. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking basically to the church in Europe. Not just locally, but the church in Europe. Um, about, about, about this wonderful fact that Jesus is standing at the door of the church in Europe and speaking, let me in. Let's get back to what, we are, what I call you to do. Let's get back to, to let's get let's let's get back to solar scripture, solar grace, solar faith, solar Jesus is the Lord and the King of Kings, and all the glory goes to God. Let's get back to that. <clears throat> and so, and so, you know, it's it's amazing how God has opened doors for me all across Northern Europe. Um, for years, I've ministered in in Africa. And America and Australia, and that still is an ongoing thing. But I was sitting down with uh, with Haley, just looking at the diary for next year. Next year um, is I can only take a few more dates for next year. Um, you know, I have got to rest sometimes. You know what I mean? But I'm I'm looking pretty good though for travelling around. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and uh, and uh, in one month, next uh, next September, uh, September to what year is it now? September 2016, um, I have the privilege of speaking uh, to four nations uh, in just one month. And they're all in Northern Europe, Finland, uh, Russia, uh, Sweden, and some other place. Yeah, I think it's Belgium or, or somewhere. But, uh, but, but, but I, I just sense... And, 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 and if I didn't have this platform, this home, um, I would have no authority to speak like that. But I really, please, please pray for me that this anointing increases, that the word of God uh, for the church in Europe increases. Can I hear an amen here? And so this is the message. And whatever church opens its doors to Jesus, repentance, which simply means change, Repentance doesn't mean coming down the front of the church and crying till snot is all over the floor and you're beating yourself up and you think, oh, I've been down here three hours now. I must have repented enough. No. Repentance simply means change your mind. Change the way you think behavior will follow. Can I hear an amen here? Uh, and uh, and And so whatever church opens its doors to Jesus... Repentance, which simply means change and reformation, will take place. The cancer of selfishness and pride, selfishness and pride, are the parents of all that is bad in the church. And the only, the only way that God deals with selfishness and pride in our lives uh, and in the church is through the gospel of the grace of God. You know, just recently, uh, last weekend, I was in a church in Helsinki in Finland. Um, It's a church of about 80 people. A young couple have taken over this church. The church has a history. It was birthed 95 years ago. At its height, they had 1,000 members in the 50s and 60s. But, you know, religion killed it. They closed the doors. And it, and, and it just shrunk. And this young couple, this young Finnish couple, spent a few years in Hillsong in Sydney. And uh, I, I met them when I was there a few years ago. And God said, go back to your nation. 
and, and, uh, and, 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 and pastor this church. And so, so I was there for a whole weekend. And uh, it's it, just quite amazing. Uh, uh, because I, I, I was sitting in our home in Norway. And, uh, and I said to Lila, I said, Lila, uh, I'm going to get an invite to Finland. Ten minutes later, Haley emails me. Ray, you've just had an invite to go to Helsinki in Finland. So I'm thinking, I think God could be in this. And so I didn't ask how many was there, what was the thing. I said, book it. First available date, book it. So I turned up last weekend, and uh, the amazing thing is, on the way, on the way up to the airport uh, to go there last weekend, who was driving me? Was it you? I was talking to you, Dick. No, on the phone. I was driving myself, of course, if I park overnight. Sorry, hey, listen, I don't know where. Do you know what? I, I wake up these days, like I got a... When I, if I wake up in the middle of the night, right? You know, whatever. And um, so I got I got I got It takes me like five, uh, well, a couple of minutes to... Now, where am I? <laughs> Not because I could walk out the window. Or do something stupid. Or walk out into the foyer or the lobby of the hotel, you know, to go to, to the toilet. I mean, it's embarrassing. So I just got to... Anyway, so I'm driving up to the airport, and I'm, I'm talking to Dave on the phone. And we were talking about Night of Honor. And I said, Dave, I said, you know, our church, our church has been raised up to go through Samaria. It just came out of my spirit. And he said, what do you mean? He said, wait, have you, you should preach that. I said, no, I'm just telling you. I said, I said, God has raised up this church to go through Samaria. You know when Jesus said, I got to go through Samaria. Watch this. And the Holy Ghost, and this is prophetic. The Holy Ghost said to me, and it had an amen in Dave's heart. This church, when I think of the history of this church. You see, Samaria is a place that religious people refuse to go to speak to people that religious people reject. Can I hear an amen here? And the reason why many churches will not go through Samaria and they will not go to people that really don't fit the bill is because they're more concerned about their reputation than winning the lost. And, 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 and we just started talking a, a, a little bit more and, and, and then I got to Finland and the pastor picked me up, this young guy picked me up and we were traveling to the hotel and we were talking and I just said, you know what, God is raising up churches that will go through Samaria. And he said, what? He said, the hair is going up on my arms here. I says, yeah, uh, he's looking for churches who will go through Samaria who are more concerned about reaching the lost than losing their reputation. God is raising up churches, and I honestly believe that, that, that this has been pioneered here because this church has done things no other church will do. Come on, somebody say amen. And we've been criticized for it, and we've been finger-pointed at for it, but you know what? unconsciously, we have been going through Samaria. We've been doing things and going places and, and, and methods and stuff that other churches think, well, that's terrible. But no, man, you see, you know, we don't care about our reputation. We just want to lift up the name of Jesus and reach out to rejected, come on, to rejected, lost people. 
Well, sometimes the church reject. It's time for the church to drop the rocks out of their hands. I mean, Jesus says, I've got to go through Samaria to speak to a woman who had had five divorces and shacking up with a guy that wasn't her husband. And Jesus says, I've got to go there. And when the disciples turned up and saw Jesus talking to this woman, they represent the religious. First of all, they said, what? Go through Samaria? Are you nuts? And then they turn up and the religious said, what are you doing talking to somebody like that? And Jesus said, you know what? Man, I've had food that you know nothing about. And you know, yeah, we've been criticized. And yeah, night of honor may be criticized. Well, we're going to preach the gospel. Well, if you were flipping ears to hear, Nessa preached the gospel to a bunch of people that understood what was being said. Come on, somebody say amen here. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man, I've made massive mistakes, but God seemed, man, I had Faye Edwards dancing as a go-go dancer on a box over here. We had a thousand kids in here, a thousand young people in here, and we were doing things that were Samaria to other churches. But you know what? Our passion and our heart was to reach people who don't know Jesus. Come on, somebody, and you will make mistakes. Man, my whole, my whole ministry... My whole ministry in the schools for seven years. I broke every rule in the book. You don't, you know, you, you know, I used to sit there. I used to sit there. All the kids would come in. I sit on the stage here as they were coming in. Because no one's going to listen to your message until they accept you. Come on. The reason why Jesus couldn't do any miracles in his hometown. It's because they couldn't accept him. So don't go into your work and start going, you're going to hell. I tried that. When I was working in a paint shop, they fired me. I'm telling you. The, 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 the manager, the owner of the shop had me up. I was telling some 80-year-old woman she'd burn in hell. And all she wanted was sandpaper. Because, my, you see, see I, was, I, was, I was reaching, I'm, I'm, this is not in my notes, I'm just being propelled by the Holy Ghost now. I was reaching the lost the way my religious friends wanted me to reach them. I didn't want to fall out with them. Oh, you can't do that. So I was, yes, hell and damnation. And forget the sandpaper, you may not have time. You may not have time. You're 80 years of age, you can snuff it. Yeah, and I'm giving all this as a queue outside the shop. I'm witnessing. And they're a flipping work, not witness like that. But I was, that's the way I was taught. And the, uh, the owner had me up in, the, uh, up, up in the, his office. Raymond, Raymond, what? You're depressing the staff. I said, what do you mean, Mr. Rogers? Well, no one wants to know they're going to hell before 9 o'clock. As he said to me. It's nine o'clock in the morning. I really set you up for the day, don't it? Have you ever wondered why you're eating on your own in a canteen downstairs? They come in to tell me they can't stand it. You sit in there giving the four apocalyptic horses or whatever it is. He said, "You depressing the staff?" I said, "Mr. Rogers, you you can't tell people to repent before they go to hell at nine o'clock." 
I said, well, Mr. Rogers, if you don't repent, you'll go in there as well. He fired me. He fired me on the spot. Get out of here, you flipping religious nutcase. <coughs> Come on, somebody say amen. I used to work in a factory. God promoted me to a factory then. <laughs> he was trying to teach me some lessons. He promoted me to a factory up in Herwin. This is my training for the ministry. See, see, God will allow you to do things wrong. God will allow you to embarrass yourself and frighten others before we get it. Are you here? And so I, this is not in my notes, forget it. I'm just, I'm, this is what God wants us to have here. Because we are a church that God's called to go through Samaria. And so uh, he promoted me to a factory. There wasn't just nine staff now, there was like 300 in there. <laughs> I was like a spiritual ramble. I thought, you're going to have it, all of it. You're going to flip and have it. Right? I still haven't learned. Because my religious, you know, my religious, they all hurt you. You don't compromise the gospel. <laughs> hell is pop. I know, but that's hell, all they knew. Anyway, so I go up there. So I got, remember them little stickers? They had rolls of them. Smile, God loves you. The wage of sin is death. Uplifting stuff like that. You know, there's, I had a whole roll of them, right? I stuck them everywhere. They, I was... Like, I, I, all my, my job was picking up scrap metal and putting it in the bin. That was my job. But no, that wasn't my job. My job was Billy Bevan. I'm here to save this lot. They, you bunch of heathen, sinning, flipping wazzocks. I'm, you need, you need to hear. And so I got, a, I, had, I was sticking these sticks. I was sticking, I would go, hey, how you doing? Well, I'd stick them on their bum. They'd walk around. Smile, God loves you on their bum. I used to walk in a canteen, right? Everybody would move out and eat outside in the rain. Do you know what? The martyr syndrome. Huh. They can't handle it. I felt like a martyr. Do you know what I mean? Huh. Persecution. Suffering persecution for the gospel. I go to the prayer meeting, I go to the prayer meeting on Tuesday. Ooh, did I feel religious? Oh, yeah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, those heathens. I've wiped the dust of my feet. I'm persecuted. Jesus. Oh, I felt real. I felt like, wow, God. This no, I was an idiot. I was selfish. Because there's a selfishness even in witnessing sometimes. Come on, somebody. That's not the real reason. And I'm, I'm there, right? I thought, you know, listen to this. So I go into the canteen, right, where they, they went to another place. I walked in with a guitar, right? I had this guy who could play guitar. I said, right. <laughs> there were 200 of them in there, right? eating the sandwiches. I stood up at a table. Hi, everybody. Oh, they were going, oh. <laughs> I'd like to sing you a song. Man of sorrows, what a name. I sang this old hymn. I mean, the words are great, but not in that context. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I sang, I started uh, the first verse, and there were like 200 there. By the end, end of that, there was me and him, and, and some guy who, I don't know, something wrong with his head. 
But I learned. I learned. This is not working. People are not responding. And so for seven years in the schools, man, I began to realize God sent me through Samaria. I had to go to places that nobody else would go to. But, but sometimes we're afraid of our reputation. What will people think of us? What will the churches in Newport think? Because we're putting on Newport Night of Honor. And, and we're not preaching hell on earth. Made you jump then, love, didn't I? Come on, are you here? Sometimes you've got to go through Samaria. You've got to do stuff. You see, Jesus' motive... Is that music? Jesus' motive was to reach a woman who was trying to find love in the wrong places. This church was filled with people last Sunday night who perhaps the first time they've been in a church all their life because they think the church is there to tell you how bad you are and how sinful you are. No man, no man. Jesus says, I stand at the door and not get your eyes off yourself and get people to focus on my love and my finished work and my desire to change their lives. Come on, give Jesus praise if you believe this right here. So Jesus turns up. You see, in the schools, when I was doing the schools, right? I mean, I mean I'd sit on the edge of the stage here, and I thought, before these kids received my message, they've got to accept me. So I'd sit there, and I'd, and I, 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 there was a big a guy, a guy sitting on the front row. Hi, mate. It's a real atmosphere for the presence of God to move. Yeah? No worship band, nothing. Nine o'clock in the morning with 600 kids that didn't want to be there, including me. Well, I did, actually. But anyway, how you doing, mate? Right. I said, who's the hottest girl in the school? How many of you know that's not what they teach you in evangelistic winning Bible school? I said, who's the hottest girl in the school? You look at me. You think I'm a pervert now, right? <laughs> no, I'm just asking you. <clears throat> Ooh, Susan Jenkins, sir. Everybody wants to go with Susan Jenkins. <laughs> yeah, who's the nerd in the school? Oh, <laughs> Barry Thomas. He's the nerd. No one, look at him. Okay, fine. So I get up. Well, everybody, I've got an announcement before I start singing to you. Susan Jenkins has got a message of Barry Thomas. She thinks you're absolutely amazing. And you're a stud, and she wants to see you tonight after school to go to the cinema. I, I'm just, do you know what? The place went absolutely flipping nuts, right? Then I'd ask them, I'd say to them, I'd say to them, who's the, who's the teacher that's hated the most in the school? Now, forgive me, ladies, but it was always a woman for some reason. <laughs> oh! Mrs. Thomas, she swims across Loch Ness for the tourists every summer. <laughs> She's absolutely abysmal. I said, where is she? Over there, look at her. She got, she's got a face like Godzilla's bum. Look, look at her. She's horrible, right? So then I'd, be, I'd start off with this song, right? I'd start off with this song. Uh, His love is oh so wonderful. And I'd jump off the stage, and I'd go over to Mrs. Thomas. And I'd be on my knees to Mrs. Thomas singing like this. And I'd be running my fingers through her hair, Right? Come off all greasy and everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, hair, 
and Mrs. Thomas would be standing there like a statue, frozen to the spot. The kids would go, come on! Yeah! You know what? All I needed then was five minutes with a bunch of people that were ready to hear what I wanted to say about Jesus. Come on, somebody. You better give Jesus some praise. Come on, man. Give him praise in this house. Jesus went through Samaria and he sat at the well and this woman came who had had five divorces and was shacking up with a guy right now and he sat at the well, watch this, and he said to her, can you give me a drink? Jesus, that's, you're doing it all wrong. Don't you realize how she's lived? Night of Honor was the king's church asking Newport for a drink. Come on, let that sink in right there. It was asking Newport for a drink. In other words, if we want people to receive the message of the wonderful, liberating message of the love of God, first of all, man, they've got to, they've got to understand that you're not against them, that you're not fighting them. Come on, that, that, you, have a, that you love them. And yeah, you know, some people think, well, no, surely, Bassi, diamond are forever. Come on. It's all about, it's all about building a relationship with this city. Tell me something. Imagine just one person that was here, Night of Honor, and they wake up one night in the middle of the night realizing I need something bigger than myself. It's not working. I've got to go to church. Have a guess which church they're going to come back to. Come on, somebody, say amen. It's a church that's prepared to go through Samaria to, to do things other the religious won't do to reach people that the religious won't reach. Give Jesus some praise in this house right here. Now give him praise, man. Anyway, anyway, so back to the guy in Finland. So then I get to the church, I get to the church, and then I talk to the pastor who had spent 26 years in that church. And while this young man was in uh, Sydney preparing to come back, the senior pastor was preparing the church for the change. Fantastic, that. And so, and so as I walked into the church, I'm sharing, I'm about to share on the Sunday morning, I walk in the church, and on the back wall, on the back wall, there's a very, very expensive painting of Jesus speaking to the woman at the well. And the Holy Ghost said, I, I, do you know what? No, I, no wonder the hair stood up on that pastor's arms. And I shared with them. And the pastor was the senior, the, the, the guy that was there for 20 odd years. He was crying his eyes out. And he said, you know, that painting has been in my office for 20 years. But for some reason, the Holy Ghost told me to get it out and stick it on the back wall. I said, it's prophetic because God is raising up churches all over Europe that are prepared to go through Samaria, to go to places other churches will not go to, to reach people that other people, churches refuse to reach because they're more concerned about their religious, self-righteous reputation than winning the lost. Come on, not this house. I said, not this house. Not this house. And it's going to happen all. So pray for me. Really pray for me that God will open doors. You see, oh man, 
Have you got a couple of minutes? Are you okay? You see, see the Corinthian church, Paul wrote to this church that was sick with the selfie culture. It's all about me. And Paul nailed the antidote to a selfie culture to the door of this church. And he turned their eyes from themselves to Christ and who they were in him. And very often, Jesus will come knocking on our lukewarm, idolatrous, selfish hearts and exhort us to be zealous and repent. Recognize our problem and change. You know, a recent study was done that young women spend an average of one hour a day taking selfies. Nobody here, of course. See, once you get over 55, you don't bother about taking selfies. Watch this now. This would seem to be an unhealthy preoccupation with self. The danger is, watch this, the danger is it creates a pretend world. Selfies try to create a reality for the one behind the camera. They may be smiling on the outside but dying on the inside. You see, when you take a selfie, they're in control of what others see. It creates a look and a feel that presents us in our best light. Selfies uh, present us in a way that we approve of. It's what the entertainment world calls creating an image. Sometimes the selfie culture can creep into the church. It did at Laodicea. Look, everyone, we are rich and we are prosperous and we are, you see, and we are together. Their selfie culture had created a false reality. But watch this. Jesus saw them as they were. Jesus sees us as we are. He sees the church in Europe as it is. Jesus sees us first thing in the morning after a hangover, runny nose and red-eyed. He saw them at their worst. He looked at the churches and he saw them at their worst. But watch this. But he loved them enough to deliver them from a selfie culture. Jesus knocks at our hearts as we present our religious selfies to him, hoping for a like. That's what religion does. It presents ourselves to God, says, what do you think of this? Hoping for a like. And Jesus says to us, hey, I've seen you without your makeup and I still love you. Wipe off the lipstick of unfulfilled promises and shallow flattering praise and Tell me the truth with those lips. Tell me how you feel. Tell me what's going on in your life. Don't present me those selfies. That's just how you see yourself in your eyes. Wipe off the eyeshadow of divided loyalty and misplaced attention. Just look me in the eye without the mascara. I love you without it. Wipe off the face powder of performance and penance and professional Christianity. Wipe it off. Jesus says, you don't need that in my presence. Come on, somebody say amen here. And Jesus is knocking on churches all over Europe and I have the privilege to be a voice and an instrument to raise up the volume that grace is shouting louder than any other voice right now and Jesus says to his his beautiful bride he says come on man divine makeup has been provided for you by my love 
a divine covering has been provided for you by my blood. Divine acceptance has been created for you by my grace. Grace is released and accessed by simple honesty. Instead of fearing and denying all of my real or imagined shortcomings, let's embrace our humanness and realize God pursues us with a passion in spite of our flaws. Come on, somebody, say amen here. Don't try to win Jesus' approval and affection by giving him selfies. He sees you through it all, and he loves you anyway. How freeing is that? How freeing is that? I, I'm going I'm to finish. I'm going to sing you a song, okay? Um, and I haven't said how I'll, I'll pick it up next time I come here. But this church has been raised up to go through Samaria. Can I hear a big amen here? You know, one of the reasons why I had a passion to set up a church in Newport, do you know one of the reasons? Because when I was in the schools, and there were certain evangelistic organizations that were teaching young people how to minister in the schools and using me as an example of how not to do it. Serious. What a compliment. They said, Jesus, you can't do it that way. But Jesus heard the cry of the harvest. Hear the cry of a woman looking for love in the wrong places. Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house for tea. Jesus, do you know who he is? Yeah. Thief on the cross next to him. Rejects. You know. And uh, and so they, they and so I, I go to a, a situation and I'm learning. Because I'm now motivated by, by the love of Jesus. I, I'm now learning this is what it means to go through Samaria, to do things. Samaria could be a method. Samaria could be a way of doing it. Samaria could be, to the religious, a doctrine. Do you know the doctrine of the grace of God is being fought in Europe by religious people? Because it's a Samaria to them. Don't go there. Well, come too late for me. Because when you're motivated by the love of Christ, you go through Samaria to speak to people that other people reject. For too long, the church is saying, sort your life out before you get accepted. No, Jesus says, I'll accept you, and then I'll work it out together with you. Come on, that's why we are here. That's why we are here. And you know, one of the frustrations for me, this is one of the reasons why uh, I, you know, God raised, raised, I wasn't God's first choice here. I'll just tell you that. I was not God's first choice. But probably on reflection, I was, I was probably the, the only one that said, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I wasn't qualified. There were other people before me, far more qualified to lead this house, to plant a church here. But God's not after that. He's after this. 
He's after this. Will you do what I tell you to do? I said, Lord, I don't know how to build a church. It was just me on the road with my songs and the thing. And I said, I, I don't know how to build a team. I don't know. And he said to me, Ray, but why did, what? he said, do you think I chose Noah to build a boat? Because it was Noah and Son's boat building company. I said, let me check out in the Bible because I don't know what I'm hearing here. He says, no. I, 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 he said, well, how do you think Noah built the boat then? Well, I guess you told him. You're very sure. <laughs> yeah, he said, Ray, listen to me. He said, just listen. You see, so many people want, are afraid of losing their reputation and, and doing things that may not make them look good. He says, all I want is this. Let this, he that has an ear. He didn't say he that has a, a brain or he, he, he that has wonderful uh, uh, skills. To, no, he that has an ear. He said, Ray, can you give me your ear? I said, this ear, yeah. <laughs> Last year, I was here with a bad year. <laughs> so all I did was give, he said, I'll tell you how much pitch to put on the boat. I'll tell you where to put the nails. I'll tell you how much, oh, come on, somebody say amen here. This is it. It's not rocket science. I said, I'll do it. And you know what? One of the frustrations for me when I was going around all these places was I'd see hundreds of young people saved and the churches couldn't handle them. It was too much of a Samaria for them. Man, they're coming in, yeah? I saw one of them had a pin in their nose. Well, it's better than having a plank in your eye. Come on, somebody, say amen. Because yeah. when you turn around, you flip a level about 25 people. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> no, and so I said, Lord, if ever, if, I said, Lord, don't ever pray a prayer like this, okay? If ever you call me to plant a church, when I thought, and you're never going to do that, I know what not to do. And unconsciously, over 25 years, we've been going through Samaria, reaching people that other people probably won't reach. And it's going to get better and better and better. And you're going to see people come in here that will upset you, will sit in your seat, will, I don't know, make unusual noises. Change the atmosphere. I don't know. But I tell you this, this church is for sinners only. And by the grace of God, we are what we are. Come on, somebody, say amen in this house. I'm going to sing, I'm going to sing a song. Uh, there's loads of stuff I haven't said. Have you received the word of God this morning, everybody? Come on, have you received the word of God this morning? I've got to find the words now. Oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I, got, I found them. Okay. Can I just say as I close, if you are here and... You know, I can, I can imagine the woman of Samaria, right? She got, like Jesus said, will you give me a drink? He started the conversation by asking her for something. And he led her through and, you know, she got saved. And Well, not saved, she, she found the Messiah. She got saved after the resurrection, I know. But, but, but she ran back. I love this. God's got a great sense of humor. She ran back in the village. She ran back. Now, she was out at the well because the women were giving her grief. Right? She ran, she ran back in the village. This is what she said. I found a man! 
<laughs> Lock up your husband's Joyce, here she comes. First thing they did was check if it was their husbands. I found a man. Ain't it great the sense of humor that God's got? I found a man. Yeah, we know that. One of them was my husband. So, but you know what? Some of you may feel, some of you have been to churches that you, and you've had rocks thrown at you instead of grace thrown at you. Look, some of you know you're a wazak. You know that you can't get it right. You know that you, you, but you know you're saved. You know you're saved. It's just you're behaving badly and you don't know how to deal with it. Listen to me. Giving you the Ten Commandments will only make you worse. But giving you the grace of God, Jesus says, listen, I live in you and, and, and let's deal with this together. Because I don't care how badly you behave as a Christian, one thing never changes. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And listen to me. Listen to me. Yeah. Now, obviously, if you're a guy here and you're going around pulling everybody in the church, we'll sort you out. I'm not saying that. But why not, do you know what I'm saying, don't you? You'll always find a home here. And I'm going to sing this song. And it's on my, my new album. I've written by Noel, the hymnist, and it's simply called There Is One. Listen to the words that I'm going to pray. There is one, never leaves me. There is one, always loves me. There is one always calls me friend. There is one made and chose me. There is one watches over me. There is one bled and died for me. Can I be stolen? Can I be thrown? 
Thank you, Jesus. Give Jesus a praise. Come on, give him some real praise. Musicians, come. Can you stand with me right now? And could you just give the Lord a real hand clap of praise? Somebody, just somebody praise him. Okay, very quickly. Very quickly. There may be some here. You know you're saved, but you hate what you do. You know you're saved, but you're battling with some sin. You're battling with something. And you know you've gone to churches that have given you this. Listen to me. Jesus did not die like this. He died like this. And the only... See, he doesn't... He, he cut, he's gone... He, through this message, he's gone through Samaria... To reach you. And I, I've been guilty of this myself as a preacher. Because I didn't understand the grace of God. Or of abusing people with the word of God. Through law based judgmental preaching. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his grace. And this is what I want you to do. Listen to me. I want you to accept his love for you. Okay, just accept his love for you. Close your eyes just right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. Now, as I pray, if that's you, stop beating yourself up and receive his love, okay? Receive his love. His grace will empower you to live a godly life, not the Ten Commandments. It'll only make you worse. So this morning, saints who have been behaving badly, listen, receive his love. Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. He didn't say, don't stop sinning, then I'll accept you. He says, please understand, even though you're not living right, I accept you and I love you. That would be the motivation for you to change. 
So, Father, in the name of Jesus, whoever falls into that category, I thank you right now that that load, that religious selfie stuff that they're presenting to you will dissolve and go in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye shut, I'm just going to pray one more prayer. If you are here and you've never received Jesus as your Savior, perhaps you've been put off Jesus by the church. You've been put off by this religious judgmentalism. No, listen. Jesus wants to change your life, but you have to cooperate with him. When he told that woman eventually, listen, you know, the way you're living is, is not right. It's, it's not the way... It's not the way I designed you to live. He, he said, if you, if you work with me, I'll give you water. I'll give you something. I'll give you real love. I'll give you real power. I'll forgive you all your sins. All you've got to do is say yes. So if you were here and you say, Ray, I need a relationship with Jesus. I need to give my life to Jesus. Well, I'm going to pray a prayer like this. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open up my heart. I open up my life. And I just say, come into my life. Help me. It's a mess. Help me make sense of it. I willingly give you my life right now. 